Hi, it's Sunny. Today is a new type of cheery conversation, although it's not a cheery conversation that we've never had before. In fact, in the past year, we've had a couple conversations on diversity versus inclusion, on equity, and on change. But today is especially important because we find ourselves in the midst of an entire country saying enough is enough. So I called up my friend, Heaven Daniels, who was already scheduled to be on Cheery Conversation in a month or two to talk about some lighter stuff. But instead I called her up and said, can you do a Cheery Conversation right away? Let's talk, but honestly, I'm gonna talk less. I'm gonna listen more. So let's get right into this and hear what Heaven has to say. Hi everyone, welcome to Cheery Conversations. We are in our home edition, which has been awesome because I can have people like Heaven Daniels join me from Michigan and we can talk even remotely and you get to hear from her. So Heaven is not only the wife of Mike Daniels, which I'm sure you know him, uh, <laughs> but also the mama of Lots of little ba oh, little kids. Um, and Heaven and Mike have been a part of Life Church. They've been a part of our life. And uh, actually, Sean now is the Packer chaplain, yet he didn't get to be there <laughs> when Mike was. That stunk. It was like, now Mike's gone, now I get to be there. So, But they have been such a key to helping other couples in the NFL and being a light for Jesus, for getting out and doing something for others, like they've been an example. So because they're an example and heaven, I wanna have heaven tell you also what else she does because she's totally an influencer. She is helping lead people and also inspire them really at every turn with every post, just with who she is as a human. So heaven, tell us about your passions outside of being an amazing wife and mama. Yeah, well, hi guys. Um, like Sunny said, this is Sunny and Pastor Sean are our dear friends, and so I'm excited to be here. And thank you for the warm intro. I feel like a lot of times what I do and what I stand for and my passions get overlooked. So, mm -hmm. in addition to being Mike's wife, <laughs> I am yep. a mom of four little ones, and we do have another one on the way, so that's going to be five. So, my time is very, <laughs> very limited in getting to pursue my actual passions, which is mentoring, leadership, educating. Uh, if you guys have followed or paid attention at any point, you guys know I love makeup, but the, the, the passion behind that is not just to look beautiful, but just the idea that you can create and that anyone can do it. So I, I love that, that as well. But I love to write and in writing, hopefully inspiring people through my words, I feel like in, in order for me to be obedient to Christ, a lot of times when I hop online to do lives or speak at events, MC events, anything like that. Um, I'm always a little bit nervous, but I really do have a gift in my speaking and I try to be really obedient to that, to go and deliver the message that God has given me, whether that's speaking to women and children, whether that's specifically mentoring children, or, or if it's literally just speaking on my faith. So there, those are just a couple of things, but um, really being involved in community is huge to me. Leadership, anything I can do in terms of literally physically being hands-on helping in the community, uh, low-income families, that sort of thing, but also teaching is where my heart is at. So good. And you really, I mean, she sings beautifully. Oh, you yeah. have, I, don't you have a master's in music? So I have a master's in early childhood education. Oh, okay. And my undergraduate degree is in vocal performance, but I also play the flute, play the violin, I was in the drum line, I sing opera. So anything music, I am totally a band geek. That is also 
uh, my love language. And I do use music to bring glory to God as well. Yeah. Well, I think what you've shown us, and I hope people start following you if they don't already, yeah. they probably are on Instagram, to watch you do everything you do with excellence, which inspires people from yeah. singing to leading to makeup. Like it's that yeah. <laughs> you can do it. And that's what you, you give off is that you can do it. We can do it. I love that. So because you talked about leadership, I want yes. to talk less than ever on a cheery conversation. And I want to listen more because you are a natural born leader. But right now we are in, I I wouldn't call it a season. This is something that's been an undercurrent and ugly for decades, for centuries. But right now we are going through something. And I think, I think that some people have just woken up heaven. Like, like they went, Oh, something's wrong in yeah, in the, the scope yep. of America and racism and injustice. Like, I'm shocked, they're shocked, but for sure it's gotten right. all of our attention. Yes. Myself included, more of my attention than ever. And yes. I think it's time to quit talking and to start listening and then start changing. So lead us, heaven, lead us. What can okay. we do? What can we do? So for starters, I do want to say that I see a lot of support in statuses and messages. I see you, I stand with you, I support you. And I've been sharing over and over again. And even today I've had to, I felt convicted to speak on it, that that's just the start, you know? It's great to be seen. It's great to know someone is starting to, and I very loosely use this word, understand, Uh, what we're experiencing and what we're going through. But that's only the first part of it, you know, Mm -hmm. because when you think about it, when you become a Christian, you die to your old ways. You're born again, you're living for Christ, you repent, you feel that conviction, and you live your life differently. And to me, it's this parallels that. If you're going to say that I see you and I understand and I want to support you, now the second part of that is actual change and Mm -hmm. action and the way you're living. So if you say, I support you and I stand with you, thank you. Now, what are you going to do to educate, to learn and to be proactive? And right. so I think that's a huge part is asking questions that are hard or questions you don't know the answer to. So if you don't know what to do, that's a conversation you should have with someone, um, an African-American or someone you trust to give you sound wisdom in that area. So that for me is huge, just just sharing that. And, and not to diminish what people are doing or saying, but I, again, I just think that's such a small part of, mm-hmm. of starting to make change, uh, to see things right. happen. And a lot of conversations do need to be had, but conversations, we've been having conversations for years. <laughs> you know, we've been yeah. fighting for years. And so now there needs to be some type of reform and then actual justice. Right. So step one is thank you for saying and posting yeah, I stand with you. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Or acknowledging that you do have privilege. I think a lot of people don't understand that. Well, how do I have privilege? Or why do you keep saying that? It's because it's so true. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have failed to realize that. So just understanding the privilege that you do in fact have, that's also part of getting started. I know that my brother posted an incident recently. He's a Young Life leader um, and does a lot of things with music in Iowa City area. He was pulled over outside of his house uh, by the cops, questioned and harassed about what he's doing, all these different things. He's like, I live here, I own this house. 
And had his wife not been able to come out and vouch, she is uh, white for the record. And with his ID, I think that situation could have ended very differently. Um, and he was shaken up from that. So when mm -hmm. he posted his experience, which took him a lot of post, there was a lot of messages like, for the first time, I'm offended by this. You know, I have to admit, I would usually scroll by stories like this. I've seen stories like this, but because it's someone I know, because mm -hmm. it's you, I'm bothered. I can't believe it. And so even just taking ownership to say, I've ignored this. I didn't really think about it until it hit close to home. You know, and people love to decide what black people are cool and what black people are not. My brother mm -hmm. may be a little bit different. He's a young life leader. He's Christian. I know him. I watched him grow up. Another black person, I'm going to stereotype them because of what mm -hmm. I think about them or how they look. They look different. They talk different. Their vernacular is different. Their clothing is significantly different. So I don't really trust them. I'm not too concerned what happens to them because I don't know them. Mm -hmm. And that is also a very real problem that's happening right now. Right, right. Okay, so starting, because this is going to be so valuable for our viewers yeah. and listeners to take this to heart. You're saying, thanks for standing with me for acknowledging that right. there's a problem. Second step is figure out what is privilege. Yes. And and dig into that. Don't just go, well, I'm not. Like, it doesn't yeah. mean I'm white with a lot of money. I'm very privileged. Or, you know, I think I think we can tend to, from, from a white perspective, go, I wasn't given anything. Like, right. I didn't have a daddy. You know, I'm not Trump who was given, you know, yeah. something by my daddy. Like, don't say I have white privilege. And it's like, no, we're talking about you've never feared being pulled over. Yes. Your brother was in front of his house and that was an issue. Not once has has have I been worried about being pulled over, especially outside my house. That's yeah. privilege. So it's digging into what does that really mean? And again, acknowledging then that next layer. And then you're saying, now have the conversation. So talk yes. to us about how to have the conversation and how to seek that out. I think um, in the conversation, again, it's just taking that initial step because people are not always going to reach out to you. It's mm -hmm. impossible for me to go and find every non-Black friend of mine and say, hey, let's have a conversation. I want to make sure you're up to date because I, I remember I responded to a comment on Facebook and the, the, the woman who replied got defensive and her first line was, well, thank you for trying to educate me, but... And I replied to her, I cannot educate you on everything. That's a choice. That's a choice that you have to decide on your own that I want to be knowledgeable. And if you do have black friends, African-American friends, then you, I've had people reach out to me, heaven, I don't know the answers. I don't know where to begin. Do you mind talking to me about that? Mm -hmm. Of course I want to talk to them because it's, it's exciting. It's nice to know that people care, but I also want to make sure that we can again, start to see change. And so I think that reaching out to someone and really just being vulnerable and even being transparent. I appreciate mm -hmm. transparency. Um, I try to be as transparent about everything in general. You know, my past, you know, now I'm Christian, you know, I used to be a party girl, all those type of things, but it's mm -hmm. nice to be able to really relate to someone beyond surface level so you can see how sincere they are, how genuine they are, and then you know where they're coming from and just how they're trying to move forward. Mm -hmm. And so even saying like, you know, I wasn't always the best person to black people. I've used inappropriate language. I've used it in words and songs and I'm not proud of that. How mm -hmm. can I, how can I help? 
And that, that mm-hmm. conversation is going to happen organically because people do want people to come and meet them where they're at, mm-hmm. you know, to really stand with them. And that's what I was explaining to one of my friends. She's a sheriff in West Virginia. And she had a status that I was, thought was a little dicey in terms of racism. And I was telling her, like, while I respect and support what you do, anyone, and not just people of color, not just black people, anyone who is hurting or angry wants someone to just be there, mm-hmm. right? To talk mm-hmm. to, to understand, to listen. And I don't think that's asking too much, you know, mm-hmm. to just really show someone I am genuinely concerned about what you're saying. And I want to talk to you about it so that we can you know, tell me how to make this better or what I can right. do to help. Well, and don't you think it's important that we don't just have the conversation this week and next week when this is like all the popular. the posting and the Trending. popular fat. Yeah. yeah. Like I want to be clear. I texted you like three or four weeks ago and said, Heaven, when are you in town next? Yeah. Let's do <laughs> let's do a cheery yeah, conversation because yeah. <laughs> I thought we'd be in person. We could probably talk about makeup and like your cuteness right. and all that. And so it was like, Oh, let's just talk. So we didn't get to we we didn't get to do it right then. You weren't coming into town yet. And then I reached out to you during this point. But here's the thing. Having the conversation doesn't end this week, right? Yes. This is having an ongoing conversation because I know you, Heaven, and when I know you, then when something bad happens to you, like you said, that doesn't that's not okay with me because I know you. So that's why right. it's important. We know people that don't act, believe, look talk like us. So when something happens, it's an injustice to us. It's not just, I don't know them. That was a great point that you made. So a conversation, an ongoing conversation, and to have the uncomfortable conversations. Now I want to, now I, this might um, only make me uncomfortable, but I think this is important for people to see us talk about this or, or me get, let me be the guinea pig here. You have interchangeably used black and African-American so far in this conversation. I am sitting here thinking, I'm going to let heaven make the first move on that, that whatever word she wants to use. And then I will use her verbiage. And then you used both. So I went from, okay, African-Americans, what I'm going to use. And then you said black. So talk to our viewers and listeners about that. Because I think sometimes people are like, you know, um, and they don't, they don't, they don't, yeah, they don't know. Like Latina, do I call, like, what do I, yeah. so talk to us about that. I think that's always a touchy issue. I did yeah. use, and I don't know if you heard it, but a few minutes ago, I said person of color. I am yeah. not a huge fan of that terminology, but I know, I think people feel comfortable to say that. But if you think back, just not that long ago, it was colored folks and white folks. Yeah. This is a yeah. colored water fountain. This is for white people. And so to me, colored Granted, I am a person of color. I am a minority. I'm black, African-American. It was used in a hurtful way. So yeah. I personally am not a fan of colored. Don't read, you know, <laughs> that colored girl or colored folk. That's to me is unacceptable. It's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. I, I identify as black normally because I, I want to be really, really, what's the word? I don't know, bold in that. Like I am confident in this, right? This yeah. is who I am. This is who God created me to be. I think African-American is socially acceptable all around as well as black, but black to me is just really powerful. Okay. It's, it's beautiful. I think yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's strength, it's determination. And when you think about the color black, it's rich, you know, and then there's yeah. so many variances of that. And if you know mm-hmm. anything about history, you know, that melanin, 
you know, the, the specific term for color, start it if you're closer to the, to the, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank, the equator. The equator. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're going to have more sun. You're going to be more melanated. And then, like I said, it just varies over time. So I just think black is where it all started. You know, yeah. you think about the earth, it was dark, God brought light. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I just, I just really want to be proud of who I am. I'm a black woman mm-hmm. um, with black husband, black children, black family. And so that is usually the term I go to, but I do think African-American is the safe and socially acceptable, you know, way to identify black people. Okay. So if I were to say it versus you saying it, because I think that there, <laughs> I think there's an earned right and you yeah. can say what you're going to say, and I don't get to, would you say, because here would be a confusion. And so let me tell you from my yes. perspective, the confusion would be, how do I know they were African American? Mm-hmm. What if they're, they were never, they never were from Africa. They were from, you know, Jamaica or yeah. whatever. So I think there's also been that confusion. And then when people are confused, they go silent or they're dumb or they, they yeah. claim ignorance, which is not yeah. okay. So how would you unpack that for me to call, to say African-American over black? I think it's okay to ask people, what, okay. how do you want to be identified? Because I have, there are people who, who are not, they, like you said, they prefer not to be, I'm Jamaican. This is who I am. Right. And some people are very strong in that as well. And so if you don't know what to say, then ask. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best thing you can do to be safe. And, and rewinding really quick in talking about black people, uh, the N-word, you guys know that's a very hateful, hurtful, right racial slur, but a lot of people have felt okay to say it in songs um, or in conversation. When you get close to people, well, they say it and they're not really making a big deal, but I can guarantee you that even though you might be with a group of people who's not saying anything to you about it, if you go to a different group, you may not get the same response. It's probably not going to end well or be a really pleasant um, interaction or experience. So again, there, I would just say, don't use the N word at all. But um, totally agree. I think you should ask people, Hmm. you know, like, I don't want to be ignorant. I don't want to be offensive. I just want to make sure, you know, we're connecting. Would you prefer to be called African-American or black? Just ask them. And I think that's, I think that's important to do. So you think that honestly, that's listening more, right? That's asking more rather than thinking, I'm not going to say it because what if it's offensive that I ask, what, what do you want me to refer to? I mean, sometimes they're probably like a human, like, can we just be friends? Right. But in the context that you're needing to refer or you're going to, to just ask the question. Absolutely. In that, in that context, for sure. I would say to ask, Okay, it's okay to ask because being silent. Um, which we've all know there's a there's a time to be silent and silence can be powerful you know when you yeah. need to listen or like you said to learn or there's some sometimes we use silence to make a point but yeah. when you're standing up for something that you believe in we can't afford to be silent and yeah. you need to speak out on things and you need to be able to say black people or african-americans people need to know specifically who you're talking about and who you're supporting yeah and so rather need- than calling this like this tumultuous time uh, yeah. <laughs> like, let's just say what it is. Yeah. And I think people do that a lot. They don't want to call things what they are. And they love to um, divert the attention, shift the focus mm-hmm. from what the real issues are. Yeah. And I think when you lump some things together, you do. You take away the significance of what's trying to be accomplished or the message that's trying to be brought forth. Right. Okay. So then I have a question about social media. 
about taking a stand or making a statement or holding your tongue or don't think you can speak on behalf of, you know, somebody Mm -hmm. else. What's your take on that? Because I will tell you, Sean has been, he said to our staff today, he said, I've been grieving, mourning, and feel like for the Mm -hmm. first time I can remember in my leadership and in my life, I don't know what to do. Right. And like to hear a leader say, I don't know what to do. I mean, cause there's lots of things that we could do, we wanna do, but it's okay, what is the first or the next step? And right. I'm not gonna say something just to say something and then yes. have nothing to back it up. So back he's up. held back, but of course we know silence speaks volumes. So it's been that tension between Sean's not, but Sean doesn't post a lot, but this tension right. between blabbing all over like you're an authority when you're not and then not saying anything so would you talk to us about that and i think that differs by race right like you you should be and could post certain things and i should and could post certain things so talk to us about that i think that when you are sharing i think everyone should be vocal or sharing maybe you're not a speaker you know like me you're not gonna go into live but even in your post say that I'm having a really hard time struggling with mm-hmm. my words and my thoughts right now, but I don't want to be quiet. I mm-hmm. want to see something. I've been trying to figure it out. I am grieving. I am mourning. I, I am trying to get better. You mm-hmm. know, and I think that's great to say. Um, and I, you, will, you will have people, and I can say this speaking on as a Black person, I've seen some Black people like, I don't want you to speak on this issue. I don't want yeah. you to talk about it. You don't know what I've been through. You can't relate and you know and that continues my my personal opinion and i would say a lot of people have this view as well i'd rather see you standing by my side because if it was was someone else Mm -hmm. i want to come to their defense i want to speak to their good nature i'm going to shed the positive light you know there but i'm also willing to have those hard conversations i'm okay being judged or disliked or not the favorite person not the people's choice by standing up for something that I believe in or my friends or my family, you know, despite what their race is. So I think not saying anything to me is more hurtful. It does less good, in my mm-hmm. opinion, and we lose support. Mm-hmm. I think every just like when people want to come to church, I don't feel like I can come to church because people are going to judge me. They're going to con- uh, condemn me, you know, and then they don't come. And then we're, those people are hurting and they're grieving and they need Jesus mm-hmm. and they need Jesus people, but we're not there for them. And I just think that using your voice is very powerful. And maybe it's just a simple post. You don't have to get on there all day and, you know, do the most, like you said, just rambling for the point of rambling. Really Mm -hmm. be intentional about what you're going to say. And if you don't know what to say, say that. I'm struggling right now, but I wanted to make sure that I took this opportunity to let you know that I'm here. I'm trying. Let me know, you know, just something. Mm -hmm. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Important too. But there is, again, there's so much out there. Uh, information on the things that are happening and how you can educate yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if maybe you want to make a specific point and you're struggling for words, go and do some research because someone's words may echo what you're feeling. Yeah, and you may that's good. And take that and either say the, this quote by Martin Luther King or Sonny Hennessy or whoever really inspired mm-hmm. me, really spoke to me. And I wanted to echo these sentiments. I, I didn't know how to get these words out, but this parallels what I'm feeling. And then that's maybe so expand good. and expound on what you know, you may have to add to that. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Because uh, again, you notice I'm going to keep doing this, right? Because from my perspective, I could think, 
who do I think I am? Well, and you said, you've seen some people post, like, how dare you think you understand? And I think that for me, I have to be very clear. I don't fully understand. That's the problem. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, and I won't get it to the level that it should be gotten. So go ahead and be transparent, right? That Be transparent because... Yeah. Because if you say, for example, you're really trying to start understanding your privilege and you're trying to start understanding where people are coming from, initially you may not get it. I've read numerous posts, seen numerous videos of people, even with Colin Kaepernick, for example, you guys know he Mm -hmm. took a knee, he lost his job, he hasn't been playing football ever since. There are people who are like, Colin, when you first did that, I was angry. Mm -hmm. I didn't support you. I wasn't standing with you, but like now as I continuously see what we're talking about, black people being murdered, social injustice, uh, discrimination, and all this racism, I understand what you meant. You were peaceful. He was totally peaceful. Totally Whole peaceful. Different per- yep. Mm-hmm. And I, you, you were sending a message and I didn't want to accept it. But as I yeah. continue to see these things happening, and sometimes people realize over time, I've even seen officers like, I just quit my job. I just put my gear down. I left the riot. I'm not going back to work tomorrow because too many times I have seen this repeated. I didn't understand it, but now that I keep seeing it in firsthand and and, you, and once you see the response, like I'm not saying that looting is the most amazing thing ever, but it didn't happen out of thin air. People didn't just riot for no reason. Mm-hmm. People are trying to get hurt. Like my, Martin Luther King said, he said, the riots are the voices of the people who are unheard. People are trying to get through. And yeah. it's like, when I'm here, when I'm praying, when I'm kumbaya, when I'm saying come together, this is how we're still treated. And yeah. so again, not trying to justify wrong for wrong, violence for violence, but people are reacting out of hurt and anger and fear, uh, resentment. And this is a buildup. This is not just the recent mm. uh, murder of George Floyd. This right. is a buildup. This is a buildup. Yeah. Uh, this is a huge buildup from slavery <laughs> yep. and beyond. And yep. I would dare say, I don't know a single African American black person who hasn't experienced some sort of racism in their lifetime. And not to yep. say that other people haven't, but like you said, there are certain things that you may not think about. I'm driving down the street, cop cars behind me, no big deal. Me, on the other hand, and I'm with my husband or my brothers, it's a little bit different because I've seen firsthand what being black and how you're treated looks like. Mm -hmm. I've been mistreated by school teachers uh, for being black. And it's also kind of funny because, Sunny, I've always been the token black girl, so to speak. Mm I have been one of the only African-American students in many classes, many schools. Me and my siblings, a couple of the black people there. And so people know us. Oh, Mm -hmm. they're okay. They're good black people. I know them. I know their mom the token black people, Hmm. you know? And and I I hate being put into that category because black is black is black is black. You can't say this black person is okay and this black person isn't. Either love everyone or you don't love love us at all. Right. I want to keep this conversation going, but we need to take a break. I want to talk about that, what you just said, being the token black girl, because that is legit in workplaces in schools. We need to talk about that. So we'll be right back with more from Heaven. We're back with Heaven Daniels and I am so grateful to have a friend who will speak openly and honest and transparent. I mean, all of those words, all of that heart that Heaven has to not only see change, but to help us see how we can be a part of change. And we just got done talking about in the last segment and we didn't finish. I wanted to keep 
talking yes. about this. Heaven, you said that you were that token black girl. Will you explain? I mean, I think we all yeah. know what the token, but yeah, I want you to unpack that. Yeah. Token black yeah. So growing up, I have always been one of the only black people in my classrooms, only black people uh, in a group of friends, one of a few handful of black people on the sports teams, all the way from from as, for as long as I can remember, elementary oh. school all the way to college, even in college, most of the black people who were at my school were there for sports, right? Mm-hmm. I was one of two black music majors and I was a full-time and uh, my friend Max was part-time. I was the only black person and like, you know, choir and, and drumline and things like that. And so you become that, that kind of black girl who fits in. She's approachable mm-hmm. I, because you've taken the time to get to know me. You've been around me, you've spent time with me. And then um, I've also been, well, you don't really talk black. Mm. You know, I'm like, what does that really mean? I speak mm. how my voice, you know, is from birth and this is how I talk. It's not talking black. It's not talking white. Um, if anything, it's educated. I speak educated because I'm educated and that's how I grew up talking. But again, people will point these things out to me or you're really mm. pretty for a black girl. I've been told I was never attracted to a black girl until I met you. I've only thought celebrities, this is in West Virginia, I only thought celebrities like Beyonce and them are pretty, but like, man, you're pretty. They're taken oh back Lord. because a lot of them haven't even had real life interactions mm-hmm. with black people. So when you finally meet a black person and you have all these, you know, thoughts and things that you were taught. You just let them out. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> Those things yeah. are not appropriate to say either, but mm-hmm. here we are saying it and I'm going to address it because you you know, you know, said it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so. <laughs> talk to us because in the workplace at schools, and you grew up in Iowa, didn't you? I grew up in Iowa, moved from California and then grew up in Iowa City, Iowa. Yeah. And Iowa City is pretty, it's pretty small mm-hmm. and there's not a ton of diversity there. There's more over the years and that could be uh there's a lot of indians and uh different things like that but it is still up and coming in terms of diversity so me and my family were everyone knew us they know i have four brothers and a sister we have biblical names so we have always stood out everyone i knew those laverne's kids those are the israelites israel heaven messiah (laughs) you know like we were okay in the community because people knew us but we still Mm. faced racism racism there Multiple times with my brothers, kid walking down the street, police pulls him over. Hey son, where'd you get that basketball? Hey son, you know, where'd you get that basketball? Well, my mom mm-hmm. bought it for me. Can you prove to me your mom bought you this basketball? Or, you know, I had, uh, speaking in third grade, I had a teacher, I got to the point I didn't want to go to school. She would talk about the way I looked. She would tell me how I was poor. We were, growing up, we were actually very poor. My mom was a single parent of six kids. So we didn't have a lot, but she did what she could. So I would go to school and she would talk about the way I dressed, talk about the way I smelled. She would just single me out. And to the point I didn't want to go to school, my mom is like, what is wrong with her? And I finally broke down and told her all these things the lady was saying to me. And my mom went to the school and let's just say that was handled. You know, so I've been dealt with racism at an early age mm. and discrimination all the way until now. Mm-hmm. So Kevin, stereotypes. yes. So they're not opposite ends of the spectrum, but racism to being the token black girl. Talk about the difference because don't you think sometimes yeah. that, that token makes people feel like they're justified? Like you said, in saying, oh, you're pretty for a black girl. They feel justified. I think they feel more comfortable to say things to me because they may not expect me to respond. Mm-hmm. I am a nice person, Sunny, 
but yes, do you not <laughs> okay <laughs> i can hold my own mm-hmm. and i'm not going to let you just say any and everything mm-hmm. i also think the other end of that that i dealt with growing up because i was a token black girl sometimes i wasn't black enough for the black people so okay. i kind of got it on both ends growing mm-hmm. up um mm-hmm. how to fit in and how to use my voice and and be who i know i am without having to prove that to people yeah you know yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you um, think, and we talked about this early on in the seg- the first segment where you talked about conversations and people felt comfortable to talk to you. But the great thing is, is when they feel comfortable to say some of those things and then you're bold enough to say, yeah, you shouldn't say that. That su- sounds super ignorant. Like, I appreciate that when I say something that is just not acceptable, that I do have people in my life from from Latino to African-American who have said, yeah, Sonny, uh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. that doesn't feel very yeah. good. But I totally that person. <laughs> good, good, I'm and you should totally be. Yeah. Good. Okay, the last question we're gonna talk about is, we talked about social media, but I think, I mean, we are still pretty much, we're not locked down legally, but people are staying home. People are still not yeah. really, businesses are closed and all that. So really, the pe- the way people are having a voice is peaceful protest and uh, social media. So, of course, there's there's been some peaceful protests that they have turned into or they're separate riots and looting. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I should have anything to say about looting and about riots. And the reason I don't feel like that's where I need to camp, I need to camp instead on the I stand with you. I'm having the conversations. I need to listen more, talk less. I need to encourage people, influence people to do the same. Right. I don't think that it's wise or, or it makes no sense for me to jump on the, well, looting doesn't do anything. Can you talk about, and to our listeners and viewers, about the looting and the rioting and having something to say about that? Yeah, Help us. I think if you're going to be outraged about the looting and the rioting, you have to be just as outraged about the murders. Yeah. Um, there was four people that were there when uh, George Floyd was killed. Four people that were killed. And, and instead of serving justice for those four people, they would rather hundreds of thousands of Americans get to this point where they're uproaring and looting, right? Instead of just serving justice, you would rather watch the rest of everything else fall apart. And again, in terms of looting and rioting, that's a shift of the focus. Well, how does this change anything, right? Mm -hmm. We're upset. These buildings are being drowned. We're upset too. We're losing their lives every day. People are being murdered. There's Mm -hmm. no kind way to say they're being murdered. Yes. And even in the, the peaceful protest, if you've been paying attention to the media, you can see the response of officers. Not think every officer, but a lot of officers are responding with brutal force despite so uh, peaceful protest. Yeah. And at the same time, if you're looking at the looting and rioting that's happening, if you're paying attention to what's going on, a lot of this is being incited. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people at the, the protest and who are looting who are not African-American, but yet the focus is always African-American. Blacks are out there at it again. They're tearing up things again. But what? Look at the pictures. Look at the videos. 
There are so many white people and other races out there doing things. And a lot of people who have different agendas, um, some of the groups of people who hate black people, they're showing up to these events, to these protests, and again, inciting violence, inciting the looting, doing the spray painting, Mm -hmm. or just flat out taking as an opportunity to physically abuse and justify their abuse of black people at these events. So again, I'm not saying, you know, people can't speak on this, but speak facts and be Mm -hmm. just as outraged at the murders that are happening. Be just as vocal as these, you know, continue and be just as mad. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. I think there isn't a, there isn't something that's happening right now that equates to four people dying this past week and then another man and and probably dozens more we didn't see on camera dying in the weeks and the months and the years leading into this. So why would we focus our attention on looting and rioting and have that be the media point when, uh, sorry, that building on fire is not the same as a man dying, a girl dying. It's not the same. So don't talk about the stuff that are less important. And uh, I, I think that's great wisdom for, here's the thing, we want listeners and viewers from this, and they will, from listening to you, be wiser about walking forward in this. Um, yeah. And so I so appreciate you coming on and um, joining me. I would encourage you as listeners and watchers to follow heaven because like she said, you may use a quote somebody else used mm-hmm. and it's saying what parallels with your thoughts or says it better than you yeah. could have. Yeah. And so some of the things that heaven has posted and will post are valuable for you to read and maybe for you to even share. So heaven, tell them the best way to follow you, to connect with you more. Yeah, sure. Um, I, my uh, username is Heaven Daniels on all social media sites, Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. There shouldn't be that many Heaven Daniels out there, um, but just Heaven, da- Heaven Daniels. And I am really interactive. So if you mm-hmm. want to speak or have dialogue, definitely inbox me. I'm more than willing to have these conversations or pray with you or anything. Um, if you have questions, I definitely would answer them. So definitely, you know, reach out. I'm available. And I think that's why God has elevated you and used you because you are available. You are not hands off. You are completely relational. So thanks, heaven. I love you so much. I appreciate your wisdom. So um, we're going to call it a day. And what a cheery conversation that was. I mean, cheery. Eh, we talk about cheery right. conversations, juicy topics. I think that was a bit juicier. Uh, but you know yeah. what? Let's have this start the change. So be with us at next week. But in the meantime, connect with me on SunnyHennessy.com. I would love for you to follow and connect with Heaven as well. So thank you, everyone. And thank you, Heaven. We'll thank see you next you. week. Bye, thank you. Love you. Bye.